0: Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast. Helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the
1: podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top
0: entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business.
1: Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to Western New York Entrepreneur, where we help entrepreneurs take the next step in their own business and uh we're actually at the ethan allen allen store here and it's technically williamsville right ken yes sir yeah so uh thanks for joining us ken ken uh how do you say your last name again Slomovitz. Slomovitz. all right hey so thank you for correcting me i'm um, here but anyways uh, ken is the owner of ethan allen and he's owned it for over 20 years now over 40 years 40 years okay well okay so you have a lot of wisdom to share then my friend um so you know before we jump into the learning and asking all these questions. If you don't mind, Ken, can you just tell us your story of your entrepreneurial journey the past over 40 years?
0: Well, that's uh, it's it's a long journey. We, we go back to 1979 when um, I was working for Ethan Allen as a corporate rep, and uh, I was looking for an opportunity to get into my own business, and The owners of the store, the current owners of the store back then decided to sell. And with a partner, we came in and bought what was back then a furniture store. That's basically we sold furniture and accessories and uh, had a lot of people running around here and a lot of things going on. And over the years, as with every industry, uh, 40 years later, this is quite a different industry than what it was back then. And what we do here, and I have two other partners, minor partners, that are help me run this company. And what, we're, what we do and who we are is we're never really happy. Uh, if we achieve something tomorrow, then the next day we're sitting there and saying, okay, that's done, what else do we need to do? And whatever we're doing, especially in today's environment, with all the things that are going on with the uh, internet and uh, e-commerce and all the things that have to happen, uh, we have to make sure that everything we do uh, excites a customer. We have to make sure that everything we do is customer-centric. We have to make sure that the customers are the focus of our existence. And through the years, we've worked diligently at doing that uh, because if without customers we'll close up shop and we'll sell the building and we'll be out of here. So it's, uh, our, our really history won't be happy. No, then we really <laughs> won't be happy. And our, and our history has been one of change. I mean, this is a different looking business actually today than it was six months ago. And as we go forward and talk a little bit, I'll explain more of that.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things I want to ask is say you're never happy, but to be honest you, can. The, the few times we've met before this podcast, you always make like a pretty happy guy. So can you tell for our listeners that don't, never met you or don't know you that well so what do you mean like we're we're never happy
0: we're 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 driven to be better um we're in an industry that's um old it's an old industry uh, especially uh Competitors, furniture stores like ours, uh, they pretty much run the same type of environment, the same type of business. Most of them are commissioned sales companies. Most of them are waiting at the front door for their next up or their next opportunity to talk to a customer. Uh, they um, basically are selling products. That's what they believe is their crux of their business. And uh, they're pounding all day long and talking about sales and sales and sales and sales. And really, we believe that making a sale is the product of what we do before that to make that happen. So uh, we made decisions um, to make us happy, if that's what we're talking about. We made a decision um, a f- few years ago to become a non-commissioned sales company. And the reason we did that, and I am anti-commissioned sales, so that's just who I am, and and my management team, Uh, the reason we did that is because commission systems were put together for companies because it was easy to run. You went out, you hired 10 people, some of them were very successful, you paid them, they made more money, some of them were in the middle and you sort of hang on and continue to work with them and then the bottom was always leaving and you were always rehiring the bottom. And what was bad for the customer is in a commission sales company is when they walk in, you get the next person you don't necessarily get the person that can help you.
1: Yeah, or the one that you want, maybe. Or
0: the one that you want, because every person that works here, we found early on you can't hire perfect salespeople. You can't hire perfect owners. I mean, they're just not out there. But everyone brings skills, and what we're trying to do, and not being on commission allows us to do that. If you walk into the store today uh, and you're looking for, let's say, uh, custom draperies, that's what you're looking for, I have a few people in the store that are experts, I mean, really excel at custom draperies. And because we're non-commissioned, we can move, though, you as a customer to that person so that you get the best service available.
1: Yeah, no one's pissed off because you're moving them to them. Exactly. That, that's That's so smart. Um, Two questions I I have to have. I'll ask one at a time. So you have two, you said silent partners, correct? No, they're active. They're active in the business. Oh, they're active in the business. Okay, I was going to say, so it seems like you kind of run a lot of the operations. Is that because that's just like your strong suit or you kind of want to take that lead on? If you don't want me asking, I'm just curious because sometimes people like, you know, they, they own like 10% of the business. They kind of just want to be a part of it, but not too big of a part of it. And sometimes someone really wants to take the reins. So tell me about that and why you, you uh, know, a number
0: it. A number of years ago, before the Great Recession in the mid-2000s, 2006, seven, eight, and 2009, um, and this goes back 20 years, I made a decision that if this business were to continue, I need to bring on bright people to help me run this thing. So I started looking and we, fortunately, one of the people that helped me run the business has been with me for 40 years. Uh, she came on as a designer back in 1979. Mm-hmm. She currently is a manage. she's currently the general manager of the sales end of our business. The second person that I brought on was a high-skilled design individual who came on as a designer and now runs everything with the word design in it. So everywhere from uh, what we do out in uh, doing our displays and all the other things, to actually working with customers on very high-end design projects. I did it because I can't do all this. I, I, I recognize what I do and what I can't do. You know, I'm a high-dominant person. I know who I am. I like to drive to the goal. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes when you I drive to the goal, I'm stepping on people as I'm doing it, and that's not really healthy for your business. So I have partners that are really diametrically opposed, we're all diametrically opposed to each other. So we all bring a skill set to this that's totally different. Oh, that's so so good. we make one great person and that's, that's how we run it. Today, I actually oversee and help them. They actually oversee and run the day to day of the business.
1: That's so smart. So for our listeners out there, I hope you caught that from Ken is that, you know, just like Ken, I'm kind of the same. I'm a type A person. I want to like, but you know what? Like I love having people that are very good at what I'm not good at. I'm not good at a lot of things. So Delegate things that you're not really good at, or you know they can even do it a lot better than you, even if you consider yourself good at it, because it just they can put the focus on it that, that is needed uh, to run a successful business. But what when they really, really stood out to me, Ken, is that you hired these people in 1979, and now they're still with you. That's unheard of in today's world, because you know people are changing fields. I feel like every six months, every six weeks, or changing completely different businesses. So, what do you think has really helped you keep people? Uh, happy and with you for so long? Uh,
0: That's a really good question. And we have some people that are, we have others that are here 19 years, 21 years. Uh, In today's business challenge is bringing on new people, uh, especially younger people that come into your business, because their their demands on what they're looking for out of life are quite different than what a uh, baby boomer looks for Uh, from my age set. Um, So we have to work really hard in in our hiring process. Uh, We've stopped hiring jobs. So if I have a, uh, let's assume a person that's working at the reception desk leaves. We don't hire receptionists anymore. We don't hire display people. What we do is we put, you know, we go out on indeed.com or whatever other, you know, whatever you're using to do your hiring. And we bring in and we look for a person that has great skills. We look for a person that shows up positively in a lot of the things that we would like to be associated with our, customer, with our company and, and especially what customers want who want to be associated with these people. So, so we smart. build a job.
1: Yeah, so, so don't look for a title, look for skills. Yeah, I mean, we,
0: we just hired are. someone recently and we have no job description. Um, this person's being exposed to every area of our company. Uh, they're settling into things that they really like to do, okay, and we're gonna let them do it. And then we can move some of the things that they really like to do, others don't like to do, and we can move that to, we can get them to other things. So we're always in, in, a, in a fluid motion, and especially with millennials, salary is not high on the list. Uh, millennials today when you talk to them uh, you know salary is the number five or six reason why they take the job they're looking You know f- at
1: the uh, top three are. yeah
0: one of the things is they say to me all the time they're, they're looking they're searching for themselves and what our job is to help them find it yeah. so w- when we're hiring younger people we've set up instead of running it top-down we have committees for almost every area of our company uh, recently our 29-year associate who was de- running our service department left she decided to retire. Um, we decided instead of hiring that position, we took six people in the store and put together a service committee. In a year, our service has gone down almost 70%. Oh, wow. And the reason it's gone down is because we talk about it and we have people who have skills that we didn't realize before that are helping us get this done with the customers. Because it's all it's all about the communication with the customers. You know, We're doing social media platforms, which we all, You know, especially older people are trying to figure out what that all means. Well, we have a social uh, media committee, and there are three people that are on that committee, and they sit every week. They look at the content for the social media platforms. They look at the videos that have to be developed. They look at the things that they have to say, and then we just meet, and they present to us, and most of the time we're just going along, and they just place – do all the placements on the platforms and – They like that job. We had someone leave just now that was doing some of our uh, graphic design, and another employee in the company came up and said, I'd like to do her job. Mm -hmm. She said, but I need some schooling. I need a little bit of help with some of the things for Photoshop. I said, great. I said, what do you need to do? She says, well, I can go online and get some tune up on that. She says, it's gonna cost a few hundred dollars. I said, absolutely, go set it up and go, teachers, get it done so that you can help us in that area. We're always looking within our company with the employees to give them opportunities that they wanna come to work in the morning. I
1: feel like someone's gonna quit their job today and apply for you, but um, but, but, but that being said, I, ne- I mentioned before. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because this conversation, I believe, was two weeks ago. But I remember you said that you went from like 56 employees to like 29 or something. Am I correct? Yeah. The during
0: the, at, before the recession, we had 56 employees that were working for the company for Ethan Allen and, our, and, and that numbers, was our yeah. delivery and everything that we did. Today, we're running with 26.
1: Yeah. So my question is, some you know some business that are listening, some some have you know more or just as many employees as you and some don't. Some have zero and some have five or six. So So my question is for people that have a few employees, they're like, well, I can't have a committee. I only have like three or four employees. What suggestions do you maybe have to get things done um, that that they can't make committees for or maybe afford to pay that many people?
0: Well, one of the things that I did early on, and we're back to doing it again, is I love a good meeting. I mean, I I like having meetings. So if I had five employees, if that's where I was working and that's what, then I'm going to meet with those people every day. I'm gonna sit and talk about what's going on in the business. I'm gonna share things that some people feel uncomfortable. I'm gonna share my financials with them. I mean, what are they gonna do with that information? Go tell someone? I mean, really, it's not that that important, but it includes them. I am gonna tell them why we're doing certain things. I'm gonna show them in dollars and cents why we're doing it. I'm gonna ask for their suggestions. I'm gonna let them be part of the decision-making process. Even with five people, it takes time. Uh, my brother, back in the early days, my brother used to call here, and he would say, I can't understand that every time I call, you're always in a meeting. Well,
1: I walk in, you're, you're in a meeting. You're and, in a meeting right before we walk and, in. This. And
0: basically, that's my job. Yeah. My job is to talk to the people that work in this company, whether it's 26 or 5, and find out what's on their minds, what do they think. The meeting this morning, we're building, we just – change the whole store. So anyone that hasn't been in here, if they walk in here today and they were here three days ago, it's unrecognizable because we're setting this up again based on what some of the customers asked us to do. This morning's meeting is we now have a new concierge group. And that concierge group is not someone that you're gonna meet at the front door in a furniture store that's gonna try to sell you something. Their basic job is to greet you when you walk into our company and to allow you to tell us how you'd like to do business. Not us tell you how we'd like to do business. Yeah. It's a major shift. And this morning, we, were, we just set up the concierge desk yesterday. We were discussing now, okay, now that we got it, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. So that was the meeting this morning amongst all the conciergers, as we call them.
1: Hey, really quick. A lot of great things are happening for the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast. We're doing free networking events every single month. We're doing them at breweries, distilleries, local coffee houses. So my question to you is, do you like free drinks? Do you like free food? Do you like networking with other entrepreneurs in the area? Then you definitely do not want to miss this. Go to WesternNewYorkEntrepreneur.com and sign up for our events or to be notified via email when the next event is going down. Again, the website is wnyentrepreneur.com. And If you're loving these podcasts, make sure you leave us a rating, give us a review, and let other entrepreneurs know about this because this is just too good to contain. We're in a movement in Western New York for entrepreneurs where we're just helping other entrepreneurs take their next step. No gimmicks, no sales pitches, just good old networking, giving information, and sharing what we learn so we can help our local economy and our local entrepreneurs grow. So be a part of this. Go to WNYentrepreneur.com. Now back to your podcast yeah that's so good and if i could describe you in one word from the you know the the little i you know i don't know a ton about you but from the few times you met is you're very collaborative you're very collaborative in terms of you're very open-minded but you're also very like you know obviously you make the final decisions and things clearly but you're very collaborative and you like hearing what people have to say and one thing i like about that is if i was working for a company and we're sitting in every day i'm like we have the voice to at least share what we think I mean I'm not saying it's all gonna be taking consideration every single day but the point is that they feel like they have a voice because let's be real I feel like eight out of ten people at least in a corporate job don't feel like they have a voice.
0: Well, you know, I'm responsible for the money. I'm responsible to make payroll. I mean, I know these things go on in the business. I'm responsible to cut expenses when we have to. I'm responsible to spend money that makes sense. All of those are my responsibilities in this company. But I can't, but all of that is a product of what we're doing with the people that work here. And if we're not, and I learned early on, I mean, like I said at the beginning, I'm a high dominant, I'd really like to come in here and tell everybody how to do their jobs because I know better than they do. Mm-hmm. That's my general inclination. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. work. And, and the reason <laughs> it doesn't work is that eventually they're just working for you. I really, truly want them working with me and especially the younger people that come into your company, the 25, 35 year olds, they want more out of the job than just the job. Um, you had mentioned, you know briefly uh, why do we do this what are the some of the things that we're doing in here we're very community involved yeah. extremely i'm i'm i sit on the board for children's hospital i've been involved with them reason i'm involved with them is i had a son who died when he was 16. yeah okay and this is back in the 80s and i need and, and this is where he went and this is where we were helped yeah so we're involved in those types of things we do a lot of things in the store to bring people in, different than what you would think a furniture store does.
1: Mm-hmm. Real quick, and I want to get into that because there's a question I want to ask. But my question before we get into that <clears throat> is that you're obviously you very, very dominant personalities. Okay, so and there's 2 that they're analytical. There's people that um, are more reserved. So my question is. When did you learn that? Like for me, I learned things the hard way. At least that's me, Ken. Like I always, I like saying I've made so much, I've learned so much from making my mistakes. I'm thinking about making a few more, but I want to know when did did that really just come naturally or did it come over like 10 years, 20 years? When did that dominant personality say, you know what? I really want to hear what people have to say versus just what I have to say all the time. So I'm actually curious about that journey, Ken. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, I, I can't pinpoint when and where it happened, uh, way in the beginning, back in the '80s, I was taking, I was being mentored by a gentleman. He was one of the first PhDs in communications back in the '70s, when it wasn't popular. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about the things that really what you need to do in your business, and it left an impression. You know, he he told me that the only person that you know what's good for is yourself. You don't know what's good for someone else. So instead of telling them, why don't you ask them? Mm. It, it was simple things like that. I learned that unfortunately, with certain personality types, they came in my office. I made them cry. I mean, I, that wasn't my I'm job. I'm just being honest that, with them. <laughs> you, you asked me why the tissues are on my desk. That's one of the reasons they're on there. And so when, when I come in with a person who's more sensitive, I have to like take a deep breath and understand that if I'm going to be able to effectively communicate, then I've got to, you know,
1: be a listener, not a a, a sayer and, yeah. and, and being like a chameleon almost in a way where you're trying to adapt to their tonality their body language and like and like let's get on their level weapon. yeah and
0: right. i also have two partners who will tell me when i'm screwing this up mm-hmm. so they have no problem saying you know you really shouldn't have done that <laughs> and and you know most <laughs> owners yeah. don't want to hear that mm-hmm. but you know I, i've been asked to go home I, I mean there you know which you, is interesting cuz you own and, the
1: business here, but but you know you're right I should probably go You know home back for
0: in the back in 2007 8, 9, when we had to bring the company from 56 employees down to 22 because that's how we had to stay in business it was not fun times here we all had to remind ourselves that you know the people that we want to retain we're going to have to do everything possible to retain in order to keep this business running. So you, you, learn by, you learn by getting smacked once in a while in the reality of, you know, I even know if I'm doing something wrong in the middle of doing it, I know I'm doing it. And, and you try to stop yourself because if you don't, you know, the most valuable thing is having your, the majority of your employees wanting to work for this company, not coming here for a paycheck.
1: Right, and that's so true. And I, I seriously I feel like we're made from the same DNA. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm saying, I'm like, I know I shouldn't say it. I'm saying, I know it's coming out of anger. It's not coming out of love. I'm saying it anyways cause I have to get it off my chest because I am a person that's just straightforward. And then, but you know, you're doing it wrong. But that's why, for me at least, for my wife, when she tells me, Hey, Dave, you shouldn't have done that. I'm like, Yeah, I know I shouldn't have. And but we need those people that are being so honest with us. And they're saying because they love us. And I just couldn't agree with you more what you said, Ken. But anyway, so we were talking before, but I want to ask the question, and you can answer. So. You know, really, as you know, I, I'm, I'm preaching to the wire with you, but the business has changed the last 40, 20, even, even just the past 10 years. So really, how have you adapted to that, to really making sure that you're not falling behind on the times so It really, if anything, you're being progressive?
0: Well, the, the major change, and if uh, any of your, the people that are listening are in a retail business, and there might be some listeners that are retailers, is the issue of people that come to your location, Uh, Brick-and-mortar stores have suffered. You can see what's going on around with closing and malls closing because people have the internet. People can go on e-commerce. People do their investigations online. They don't necessarily need to come to the store to do the initial shopping. So we've had to change our thought pattern and understand that shopping, the initial shopping, is no longer the person coming in, Ethan Allen, to browse the browsing is being done online some of the buying is being done online so traffic in this store for example back in the 2003 4567 we used to average 13 14000 groups a year and a group would be a husband and wife came in that was one today we average 6500 mm-hmm. okay now some of those are gone because they were browsing online and we just weren't right for them some of them bought online But more importantly, you can't just be selling products anymore to get people to come to your store. If they want to buy something, they can go online and buy it. You know, people go online all day long. You know, recently we had to put a, we ordered a new concierge desk. You know, 20 years ago, I would have gone to an office furniture company and done it. This time I went to Amazon and bought one online because I didn't need to see it. I didn't need to sit in it. I sort of knew what I wanted. So the store, the location has to become more than just a place to go buy something.
1: And that's so key. And for our listeners out there, our retailers are our selling products. Make sure you're tuning into what Ken's saying next. And,
0: and, and so what we've done is, Oh, if traffic is 6,500 people a year, how do we get another 1,000 in here? Now, hopefully we're doing smart advertising and we're doing marketing that brings people in, but we're doing a lot more now. Um, We've made a decision. I just recently hired someone part-time that we call our outreach person. That person spends their time outside the store bringing organizations into our location, uh, bringing people in that might want to hold a board meeting here. Uh, last week, uh, there's a um, organization called She Can, which is basically a woman's um, um, communicate a networking uh, organization. And we talked to them, and they decided they were going to hold uh, one of their meetings here. They meet, I think, every month or every quarter. And we had a hundred people come in here.
1: Yes, yeah, so my question is, how do you bring them in versus just it's a comfortable place to sit because you have great furniture? <laughs> oh, we
0: cater. We, I mean, we do it all low. I mean, we supply wine we supply food we cater it in here for their, ourselves for their meetings for their meetings That's i mean instead yeah. of advertising and trying to bring them in with a radio commercial we have got a hundred women that came into this location some we recognize and were customers a lot had never been here before that had a great experience and 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 really everything we're doing now is about the experience uh last week we had a um painting class we had an artist come in actually it was school two school teachers who teach art and we had 18 people show up and they were making paintings and drinking wine and hopefully walking away and remembering wow that was really fun going to Ethan Allen uh, back in the fall we had a um, a chocolate and wine tasting I, I you know which I didn't realize I had to do this being in a retail business, but there were 18 again women that came. They paid for this. I mean, they actually came. They signed up. A company from outside ran it, and we've had gotten three fairly large sales from that group of people that have come in, and none of them had ever been in the store before. Yeah. So we're we're creating we're creating interest in the store by not selling furniture. We're creating what we want to be is an, a fashion activity center we're in the process right now there's a company uh down in the south towns in west seneca called graber's jewelers Um, we're in the process now of setting up they do live uh, facebook events every week and they're going to be doing one of their live events up here in february Uh, we're going to give out some jewelry have some fun let people come in and again hopefully some of their customers will show up here and hopefully some of our customers will show up there so it's a win-win for
1: everybody. yeah and you're cross you're cross networking basically exactly and like you guys are doing something with like puppies right i need a puppy oh yeah we have a
0: a, one of the shelter programs uh we've just signed up with them and i think starting in february on the weekends we're going to bring a puppy to come in to be adopted every weekend Uh, we're going to bring in some things from one of the puppy toy stores so that we can give that out to our customers when they come in. And we're going to have some fun over the weekends and hopefully see these cute little adorable puppies that, you know, when people see that they come, we have a, uh, Video that we play at the front of the store that's all about puppies. It's the one thing that almost every customer stops and views because it's puppies. Yeah. So again, we're cross networking. We told them we would help them raise some money and they're going to come in and help us raise some customers. Yeah.
1: And I thought that was just so smart. So again, for our listeners out there, like it's not just, well, I sell chocolates or I sell jewelry or I sell, you know, clothing or a boutique store or consignment. Like it's creating that experience that that it's getting people and you're involved in the community. And and as you can see with Ken, Literally, it seems like a hundred different ways. And what you're doing is you're really creating an experience and giving them a reason to come in, just, you know, obviously people coming in for buying your products is great, but giving them a reason to come in because people remember the feelings they felt when they walked into a place and they attach their heart to that.
0: Today, today it's really it's all about experience. It, it, you know, if if we're gonna if you're gonna compete in your business just on price and product, there's always someone cheaper and there's always someone that has a different product. You know, if we can get people to recognize our businesses as uh, community involved, as as environmentally safe, as uh, uh, charitable, whatever the case. And, you don't, you're not doing it. I mean, we do charities, uh, the Oshai Children's Hospital that we're involved in. uh, We have a group that we go to. uh, These are kids that are in the hospital a lot. These are parents that don't have a lot. Uh, you know, we went to Salvatore's and threw a problem for them. I mean, the employees got dressed up in tuxedos, and we were dancing with the kids and their parents. Uh, This also helps the employees understand the soul of the company. Mm -hmm. And again, as I said at the beginning, I'm responsible for the environment. Well, that should be part of the environment is we're not just here to sell furniture or try to make some money. We really need to be part of Western New
1: York. You're so good, Nick. You're not just a number. It's not about just numbers, even though those are important. It's not just about that. And again, that's especially for younger generations, that's huge, they want purpose. They want to find themselves. They want to be a part of something that they're growing and really impacting and uh, I just think I think it's so cool that you've done that because you've been in business for 40 years I'm not just tooting your horn here but I just think it's amazing because so many times even you know, even at 32 years old I find myself getting stuck in my ways like well I don't want to do it that way well you know what if I don't evolve if I don't grow with this I'm not creating something new then really or not just us but our businesses are kind of slowly dying, even subconsciously. And
0: if you're in retailing, if, you want, if the listeners are in retailing, and this is something we talk to a lot of retailers in this community, if there's questions that you have, if you'd like to meet with us, if you'd like us to share what we're doing, we're available. We really, belie- we really truly believe that if everyone in this area, if everyone in our community does better, it's better for us. So if there's anyone that would like to contact us I know, through you, however you do that, we'd be more than happy to share information and share what we're doing here and, and help. I've got time. I've got great partners. I've got people here he that loves have loves meetings. And I love a good meeting. So <laughs>
1: I can do that for you. So, Ken, you know, we only have a few minutes left. So you actually took the words completely in my mouth here. You're like one step ahead of me here. So if someone would love to, like, hey, I'd love to pick Ken's brain or I'd love to pick their brain on how they're doing all this community involvement, what their ideas are, or maybe just want to get involved in. Maybe they have a charity, maybe they have something they would just love to get involved with you about. They have a, a, a good idea. How do you how do they get contact you? Whatever you feel comfortable putting over the air, whether it may be an email, maybe it's a phone number, what, whatever you feel comfortable Yeah, thinking.
0: well as far as you can email me at Ken, K-E-N. Slomovitz, S-L-O-M-O-V-I-T-Z at EthanAllen.com. Uh, you can call me, you can text me at 716-803-3316. That's my personal
1: cell phone. I get calls all day long and, uh, another, yeah, (laughs) just leave it and I'll get back to you. No problem. Yeah. That's really nice of you, Ken. And, um, I really just appreciate your time and whatnot. And I know you're a busy guy and I know, I'm sure you have a meeting right after this. Probably you do. He's shaking his head. Yes. So, um, that's all we have. And I know for a fact, a lot of entrepreneurs are going to love this pot. It's so action. It's so, uh, nutrient dense I'll use. So thanks for your time, Ken. You're welcome.
0: If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more,
1: subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.